Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, Parlor, and Instagram. And of course, be sure to visit www.mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. I'm Tiffany, your new neighbor. I'm Aaron. This is my partner. Hi. Wow. I'm just so happy we have some fresh faces in the neighborhood. Love is all that matters. I'm not sure most people would actually agree with that. I find it disgusting how false stereotypes shape public opinion. Aaron, last night... I think I saw something. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 293. Out now exclusively on Shudder is Spiral, an absolutely riveting, terrifying, and incredibly relevant horror movie that follows a same-sex couple and their daughter as they move to a small town, only to find that under the suburban facade lies a dark and disturbing secret. Or is there... With momentum found in its engrossing mystery and a relevant social message providing the depth, Spiral also features terrific performances and filmmaking ingenuity, making it one of my favourite movies of 2020 so far. Joining me now to talk about Spiral is the film's director, Curtis David Harder. Curtis, I thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for having me. So what I find really interesting about this is um, this kind of collective of film talent and that uh, you are attached to making these films. I'm talking particularly about um, Colin Minihan and um, John Poliquin, otherwise known as the, the Vicious Brothers. Um, in this spiral, it's kind of like the latest film in a, a stable of, of movies that you guys have worked on together, Harpoon and Stillborn being the others. Um, however, they've had experience in the horror genre um, as directors this is the first time you've directed a horror movie. Um, having hung around them so time and been work, and working with them as a producer on different films, um, was horror something that you always wanted to direct, considering you've kind of been around it for some time now? No, I, I, I honestly fell into it. It was uh, I was learning so much from, from Colin, who I, I directed kind of my first movie when I was a teenager and, and moved out to Vancouver. And Colin was out there directing all these, like, music videos that I started actually working as a camera assistant on. And it wasn't until I kind of directed uh, my second feature in control, which was more of a sci-fi, but gets a little bit into kind of the, the strangeness um, that Colin kind of reached out and we started producing together. And so that our first project um, kind of on, as myself as a producer and Colin as a producer was a stillborn. Um, and that kind of led on to what keeps you alive and, and Z and um I'd, I'd kind of been learning about the genre a lot. I, I didn't grow up watching horror movies, but kind of fell in love with the genre when we started making Stillborn because I was like, I should probably know about the genre that I'm, I'm helping produce. So I ended up watching kind of all the classics and, and really fell in love with the genre and kind of came to appreciate uh, how it's crafted and, and watching uh, Colin direct and, and people like Brandon Christensen um, and learning a lot from, from kind of their techniques and, and storytelling abilities and in, in the genre space. When you are, when you become attached to this story of Spiral, which Colin and John uh, wrote, um, what differences is there 
in the first initial screenplay that you receive compared to what is on the screen now? And I don't want to go into spoilers, but I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, usually when a director jumps on, uh, they might want to put their own take on stuff. Did you have something that you wanted to add to the story that um, wasn't there beforehand? Yeah, I think I think it just exploring the characters and, and fleshing out the characters. It was it was nice that we had uh, Colin and JP on the shoot for a lot of it. Um, just having the people that wrote the script and kind of this, the origins of the story to be able to kind of bounce ideas back and forth and and in prep, kind of looking at kind of what we're trying to say with with kind of motifs and themes and and being able to really kind of dive deep and have these kind of roundtable discussions about um, what we're really trying to say and and kind of exploring the different. The different character motives and, and themes, yeah. One of those things that I think makes the film work so well is that it's a really grounded movie. There's a there's a there's a real aspect to it all, and especially in regards to the trauma of the main character in the film, um, uh, Malik. How um, he goes through a, a hate crime. He has experience with a hate crime as a young man, um, and that kind of just really motivates him and kind of like really says everything about who he is as a man and as a character and kind of motivates the the, the film and the pacing and the paranoia and everything about it. How important was it to really establish those personal stakes for the movie to work? You know, the, the fear and the paranoia that really drives this film. I think, I think it's very important. I think when, when you're looking at a movie like this, it is really about kind of the personal experience and, and the journey that you're going through with someone and, and kind of going through this aspect of, of his own disintegration of, of looking out into the world. And is there, is, is there really a threat or is there, or is this just kind of an internalized um, kind of issue that he's been, he's been going through because of this trauma? Is he kind of scarred by that or is there truly a threat out there? Um, and I think, I mean, Jeffrey Barry, Barry Chapman brought a lot to um, a lot to the thing. He had actually grown up as the only um, black gay kid in, in a small town in, in Alberta, Canada. So he, he'd kind of experienced not to the same extent, but um, a lot of kind of what was going on in the film. So he brought a lot to, to the character and, and to that kind of levity that, that uh, Malik has. Is it true that the uh, initial draft didn't have the character of Malik or whatever the character's name beforehand? If he wasn't a black man, it was Jeffrey himself who suggested to make that change. Yeah. Um, we were, we, we didn't have an ethnicity kind of set in mind. Um, and Jeffrey actually was a, good friend of JP and read the script and he, he kind of proposed that it's like, I, this would make a lot more sense as, as that for, for a number of reasons he'd pitched it to, to Colin and JP. Um, and when he came on to the project, obviously it, yeah, it made, made a lot of sense. I mean, it's just such a terrific performance. I know, I know that he's been uh, around in a long time and he, he's on TV. I don't watch much TV. Um, so I haven't seen him before. This is the first time I've seen him on screen. I think it's just a absolutely fantastic performance i really do hope that um at the end of the year that hopefully there will be some sort of uh end of year recognition in regards to him um in regards to awards and such because he really does uh, deserve it um i want to talk about the timeline of the movie in regards to the the the, the period of the film set I, I don't remember seeing a specific date in the movie i'm assuming though we're talking mid 90s here yep yeah the the film was based 1995 um I think it's 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 kind of like that. It was a it was really a watershed moment in kind of the game uh, movements and and um, just kind of like a very obviously a very trying time for the gay community with with kind of the AIDS epidemic and and the politics at play. Um, so I think like there are a lot of things that we can apply to 2020, especially now with 
with kind of like the different movements that are happening with BLM and kind of the political unrest that we're seeing. Um, so there's a lot of parallels that we we do deal with these kind of cycles of where we're we're always looking for um, kind of an outlet to blame. And I think in the '90s, the 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 gay community definitely got the brunt of a lot of a lot of hatred. Was there also an appeal to work in the film old technologies such as you know old computers, VHS stuff like that, staying away from the current climate of social media and such? Because I don't know about you, but I find that sometimes having that aspect of instant connectivity through devices as such can kind of take away suspense in a suspense movie. Um, was that an appeal to you as well? Absolutely. I mean, I love, I, I grew up in the nineties as a kid. Um, I think going back and being able to kind of explore that was as an aesthetic was, was a lot of fun. Kind of, we, we had an empty house that we were able to fill with all this nineties stuff and we, we set decked it from scratch and it was, it was really cool. It's kind of like a time capsule where you walk mm. into this house and suddenly you're, Thirty years ago, so it was that that to me was 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 really fun to kind of explore that. I mean, there is always like with with modern movies, um, it's always hard to get around cell phones and these these different things where the internet's always there. The connectivity is, is can in realistically kind of harm your ability to to keep people isolated. So I think in the nineties, it, it makes that a lot easier. But I think it was a lot of fun to to kind of play around with these nineties computers that I hadn't been on for fifteen years or so. I wanted to talk a little bit now about the, the kind of like the mystery aspects of the movie. And if I do go into anything spoilerish, you let me know straight away. Um, there is an aspect about the film. There's an importance in regards to symbols, in regards to paintings, in regards to ritual. I'm just curious, how much of a backstory did you place into these aspects? Is there kind of like an unofficial philosophy or unofficial kind of a, um, I don't want to go too far into my table. Is there like mm. an unofficial kind of philosophy behind the scenes that you tap into that isn't necessarily spoken of in the film, that but is always there throughout the movie? Yeah, I'll be careful what I say because I don't want to spoil too much, but we definitely did kind of a lot of research into kind of the occult stuff and, and finding kind of that symbolism that, that matches what we were going for with kind of the cycles. And, and a, a big thing of the film is kind of these, these the cyclical nature of our culture and, and what we, we as, a, as a culture can kind of fall into in terms of that. So so finding stuff that kind of matches that was was really important. When it comes to that kind of imagery, and, and, and once again, we're kind of delving back into what we were talking before about symbology and such. When it comes to that kind of imagery, how do you like to approach your work in that way? Do you, is it just, uh, do you visualize it through storyboards? Is it just talking it out? Is it just experimenting on a day? How do you like to approach that kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I, I tend to storyboard a lot. Um, and plan out the visuals kind of in advance. Um, the cinematographer Bradley Stuckel is is someone I've worked with on a couple of different films. Um, very very talented talented guy. Um, so we often we would spend a lot of time just talking about kind of movies we liked or as from an aesthetic perspective. There's another '90s movie called Super Dark Times that we we referenced quite a bit. Um, it's a beautiful film. Um, we ended up shooting kind of an anamorphic as well. But uh, in terms of like the location, just driving around, I mean, that bridge is somewhere I'd spent time on uh, before. Like we, I shot on it like 10 years ago and just loved the, the visual of, of, of kind of the, the overarching bridge. Um, but locations to me are so important. It's, it's the backdrop of your film. So you, when, you're, when you're trying to find a house or, or an outside location, I think just finding something that really matches with the atmosphere and the mood that you're trying to evoke. The film touches on cults 
And it's something that's become much more prominent now in filmmaking, um, especially horror movies. It's a fascination that a lot of people have as well. Um, Do you think this fascination in regards to cults and quasi-religious groups and these kind of fanaticism, et cetera, um, do you think that has come above because now more than ever there's kind of like a sense of tribalism amongst us all? Absolutely. I think we're in a, a really, really fascinating time politically where we're, we're splitting apart, it seems, at least in the West. I'm not sure how it is in, in Australia, but um, in North America, it feels like the left and the right just keep kind of pulling apart. Um, and I think the cults are just really fascinating because it's just kind of human nature and how we connect. And why, why do we fall into these kind of ideologies and these kind of religious sects? Um, and why do we need kind of these... Um, kind of group mentality. I think it's, it is really fascinating the us versus them and not really being able to look at, at your own group as, as the bad guy and, and the faults that we might have in our own side. Um, so I find it, I find cults utterly fascinating. I, I grew up um, in a Christian church. Both my grandparents were pastors and, and I've, I've, I left the church at a young age, but I think it was, I've always been fascinated with religion and kind of just these kind of different aspects of, of how we, how we act in groups and how we kind of look for meaning. Well, I'll tell you what, this is spiral is just such a terrific movie. I, I absolutely enjoyed watching it. And I loved talking to you about it as well, Curtis. And for everyone out there, you can check out spiral now on shutter. We're very uh, fortunate down here in Australia. We um, shutter has become available to us here um, a couple of months ago. So people can now subscribe and log in and watch so many cool, so much many cool uh, films. And I think shutter is going to be the top of the list of many people. And I know I'm going to, Highly recommend it um, in my review as well. So, um, Curtis, I thank you very much for your time and, and congratulations with the movie. Cool. Thank you so much, Matthew.